God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I that you would know my name? Welcome everyone to Life on Purpose X episode yeah let me try that again i'll just leave the blooper in there uh life on purpose episode number 54 david said yeah you know, no, yeah we're all tired well probably so yeah because uh life has this this way of wearing you out but uh yeah here we go with uh let's see david covert wave what's up guys? everybody what's knows up? who he is otherwise known as the energizer bunny Thanks, and man. uh ryan cribs Life's multi-tool. <laughs> Daniel Clayton. Uh, oh Product dear. of marriage. Off the bat, like Dang. life's multi-tool. That's pretty good. That's life's bad. multi-tool. I don't know. Yeah. He is. I mean, you know, it's just uh he's kind of that person you go to. All the time, mm-hmm. you know, I got this random thing that I need to know about in life. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I was just writing a song about that yesterday. Oh, wow. <laughs> or there's a song for that. There's a song yes, for what you're talking is. about right there. Yeah. Yes, there is. So, hey, guys, I, I got something tonight that uh, I don't normally do this. I'm, I'm no, not known for this uh, this endeavor here, but I'm going to take a verse. And use it totally, completely, absolutely out of context. How's that? This should Sounds be fun. fun. Should be it. fun. Okay. This will be one for the books. Okay. Ah, uh, whoa! He's trying to keep up with me there. Chapter at a time. Okay. Here we go. In the book of John, oh, chapter nineteen, uh, there is a an inscription that's placed over the the head of Yeshua, and it says. Uh, uh, Yeshua, the, the king of the Jews. And Pilate is given a little uh, little heat over that and is told to change it to somebody uh, something else. And he says, mm-hmm. I have written what I have written. Now, not to be morbid, but there's coming a time in all of our lives that we will have written what we have written. There will be no way to change it. We cannot go back. But whatever we've written will be written. And my question to you guys is this, after that moment in time in which what you've written can no longer be changed, what would be a good number for each of you to, uh, to think, okay, how long after that would I want people talking about me and what I did upon this earth? You know, give me a number. Never thought about I, putting a number on that. Yeah, no, it, yeah, I, I don't I know mean, if I. The goal would be a sideways eight, right? Mm. <laughs> Just forever. Okay. Because yeah, you read about certain people that it goes on forever. And then I'm thinking about dear people that have passed away that every now and then have to be reminded that, oh, yeah, they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Here, anyways, you're sleeping. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if somebody was, you know, a generation from now talking about you, would that be good? Or, or, or maybe two or three generations? But how about a group of guys uh, and the, the, the ladies that stood with them who their exploits, we just spent eight days honoring some people who went down in history doing something over 2,000 years ago. Mm. And for 2,000 years, people have been honoring those exploits. So how would that be? Be something. Having a festival that kind of commemorates what they did so long ago, that helps Mm -hmm. to remind Mm -hmm. ourselves of that and also to think about it, you realize that actually the feasts are really about that really too, because remember the Sabbath, remember this, remember what happened, remember, remember, remember. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like the, the rephrasing instead of saying how many years, but thinking generations, that seems in my mind, I'm able to kind of like, oh, that kind of, I can resonate with that more and go, mm-hmm. oh, it'd be cool if it was for a few generations. That'd be pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. Boy, it'd be way cooler if it was like what Daniel just said. If it was the sideways eight, that'd be way better. That'd be well, way cooler. <laughs> and for all intents and purposes, for the for the Maccabees, it has been forever because mm-hmm. we haven't stopped talking about it since it happened. Mm-hmm. And it, that reminds me of how um, you know it says in the scripture that the uh, there will be curses down to the third, fourth generation of families, but that there will be blessings for the, to the thousandth generation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you believe in a young earth, then basically there has not been a thousand generations. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, even if you take the, just the average of, you know, 70 years, which obviously it was much more at the beginning, it, it's nowhere close to a thousand generations. And so, Again, for all intents and purposes, when he says to the thousandth generation, he's saying forever. Mm. I saw something turn there in your head for a second, Ryan. You want to try that? <laughs> it was an eight yeah. turning sideways. It was an eight turning sideways. <laughs> eight turning sideways. Uh, you, you said something uh, that reminded me of something I watched today. You talked about like how long would you want people to talk about you? And uh, it was an interview with, uh, I don't know if uh, everybody here has watched the uh, miniseries Band of Brothers. Mm-mm. A little bit. I know a lot okay. about it, but I haven't, I haven't I watched it. it. I've never watched gotcha. it. So for those who don't know, it's essentially the, the documentation, the portrayal of Easy Company uh, and their exploits during World War II. Um, and so basically it was an interview with one of the actors that played, he portrayed one of the 10 guys i guess that they had selected uh to sort of talk about their lives and uh he talked about how when it came time to learn about who he was portraying everybody else got these big uh binders with uh like all the letters and things that you know memoirs and these sort of things right and then they handed him his folder and he said inside was just a black and white photo Mm. Because the guy had died before, you know, they could really get anything or, you know, this kind of stuff on him. And so he was like, well, now what do I do? All these other guys have this wealth of information about who they're portraying and what his life stood for and what kind of man he was. Well, then he started to talk with the man's friends. And he ended up getting more information than he would all the other actors were getting from their binders because none of these guys would talk about themselves but they would talk about the actions and the heroism of their friends Mm. and that was what was timeless that was what lasted Uh, and that was what made him feel like he made his mark on the role was that he got to portray this man's legacy as it was seen by those who lived it around him. Wow. So I, I get, you know, I, I guess the, the, the thing we're kind of looking at, do I, do I need to be uh, alive maybe, you know, during the time of the Maccabees to have a legacy that, that goes on forever? Um, or, or do I need to be in a, a time of war? Or is it possible that just leading the life that the Father has called me to do, that I can leave a legacy that is that is lasting generation to generation. Uh, is that possible? And if so, how do, does do we need to be active about that? Do we need to be engaged in that? And mm-hmm. and as I mentioned that, is it possible that um, as I said to, I was actually teaching some of this a couple of weeks ago in uh, Waynesville. Uh, Georgia, and one of the, the the parents said to me, you know, you've made me look at this different because I've always thought that, that trying to leave a legacy about myself was prideful. Huh. Mm. I see where his point is for saying that it's prideful. That's a fascinating point, though. To Yeah, I see the point, though. I see why he would think that way. I think that though that's that's the um I think that that was something I when I first we were talking about this subject that was something that came up was you hear about people leaving a legacy there it's always about like 
oh, their fame, their wealth, or all this other stuff, and you kind of don't you forget about the the really more important legacies, like Ryan was talking about, where the me- the memories of those who live closest to you, how much those will live on forever, and especially if it keeps getting passed down, passed down, passed down. Um, or even if it's a young person thing to not really think about, because I I'm still like, I just don't really think about like that really so that actually kind of jarred me out of like reality and going wait a minute what am i leaving behind how many generations do i want people to talk about me and it's like oh me oh i need to think about that i feel like that's kind of prideful but no that's i see his point though why he's saying that mm-hmm. i think uh I, I think the key here to to all that is is just getting your eyes off of yourself because um, C.S. Lewis said that humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And so the legacy in a perfect world would actually just be a byproduct of you living your life as you should, as Yeshua taught us to. And, you know, Ryan, you're mentioning the uh, a war scene, and I, I remember talking to an old friend of ours who who said, you know, there's this kind of common conception that is probably true in the beginning, in most cases, that people go into the army, the military to fight for their country. And this particular man, he said, when you're in the field, you're not thinking about that. You're fighting for the guy next to you. And so that's kind of the same concept as legacy is that you're kind of walking through life, living according to what the scripture says and living in service of others, one of my favorite quotes uh, is King Arthur inscribed on the round table, you know, the legend of King Arthur, in service of others, we become free. And so just that focus of serving and and being uh, a light to each other, that creates a legacy faster than you could ever try to create legacy by actually creating one. I always thought it was so ironic that the people who are trying to make a name for themselves by like you're what you're saying, Dave, of the fame, the wealth and all this kind of stuff, they're doing the worst possible thing they could to make a name for themselves because we may know their name in this lifetime, but their name is not going to be important on the other side in eternity. Right. Uh. Right. It's a tough, I mean, Dad, it's a tough subject. Like, <laughs> there's so many places to go, and it's like, well, it, it really is deep. <laughs> and here's the thing: that at your age, okay, you're probably not thinking about that as much. All right. Yep. That's the that's what David said. You're not mm-hmm. thinking about that as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at the point that I'm. I'm. Yeah, I went to a funeral the other day. Okay. And it was an interesting thing, and this is kind of how that this came about. Um, as I started, th- I'd been thinking about this much more during the time of Hanukkah. But um, y- you guys have heard me talk about the the what I believe the richest place on earth is mm-hmm. a cemetery, mm-hmm. because it's buried sure. potential. Uh, speaking of where I got that uh, that concept for from is a guy named Miles Monroe. Who was if you if you listen to anything of Miles Monroe, he grew up poor. I mean, he grew up really poor in the Bahamas. Uh, they had like four or five children living in one room, uh, a, a house that was built pretty much just you know a block up off of the sand. Uh, they had absolutely nothing, and Miles Monroe decided that he was going to live leave a, le- a legacy. He did that by studying the scripture, by setting goals for himself, setting boundaries for himself. And Miles Monroe died a a number of years ago in a plane crash uh, on final approach to Nassau, uh, Bahamas. And uh, I was down there a few years ago and I just was staring at the sky and thinking about this man because his legacy continues. In, in my teaching and in, in some of you got, you know, what you've picked up from Miles Monroe and various other people. I go all over the place and I hear about Miles Monroe. 
But, uh, you know, I, I've talked about the, the concept of a, a tombstone and how it's it's a name and two two dates and a dash in the center and and uh, something written about the person. And I was actually at a uh, at a cemetery not not too long ago at a funeral. And I walked around the, the cemetery as I, I do. I like to just walk around and, and c- contemplate people's lives. And I noticed something in the cemetery, and I've never seen this before, that hardly any of the tombstones had anything said about the person. <laughs> the inscription. It's always a verse. Or... Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, verse that or... epitaph. That epitaph. Oh. There was nothing there. Okay. It was just, for the most part, it was just a name, two dates, and a dash. And it just yep. it, it just struck me that I could walk around this cemetery and I would not have a single clue about the person buried there because there had been nothing written about them at all. Yep. That's a harsh reality to wake up to. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the concept of legacy, it requires a, it, it really does require a, a big picture view of life and an acknowledgement that I think that there's probably a really, really small percentage of people who really kind of see, get to see their legacy. Most people do not get to see their legacy. True. And so there is, there is essentially a selflessness that you have to build into legacy if you want it to last. And it, it, the, the, the first um, examples that always come to my mind, because I just talk literature with people, um, specifically some stuff of like Shakespeare and C.S. Lewis, who I mentioned, and J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, people who are worldwide known names as authors, they did not become famous in their time, really. Yeah. You know, they were known by a few, but not, I mean, again, almost everybody knows what you're talking about when you say the word Narnia. And so uh, it's just, it's amazing that they just, you're just not known during your own life. And so it, it is kind of a harsh reality and it kind of is, it's when you really think about it the first time, if you think about it from a fleshly perspective, it's like, well, how is that fair? (laughs) Like (laughs) if I want to leave a legacy, I have to, to really focus my entire life on it, to not even see it. Um, but that's just how the kingdom is, you know? Our world is totally upside down to the kingdom. And either, either the kingdom's better or this world's better. And I think all of us would vote one particular way. <laughs> yes. Indeed. I found, about to say that, there's something I've always found uh, fascinating with the story of uh, Elisha and Elijah. And this, when it comes to legacy, I always found this interesting because uh, after Elijah ran away from Jezebel, goes to the mountain and hears God in the still, the still calm voice, he then goes, all right, your time's done. Go anoint Elisha to take your place. And as he finds Elisha, he's out plowing the field and he just throws his cloak on him and goes, come on, follow me. Mm-hmm. You've got very limited time to learn everything. And Elijah replies back with, well, let me go say goodbye to my parents. And the story's now, I can't remember how, if he, I think he slaughters his oxen and everything yeah. right there and yeah. uh, says goodbye. Um, so if we put that in today's standards, he slaughtered something that was extremely valuable. And it's obvious that he had a good relationship with his family if he wanted to go say goodbye to them. So he looks like he had everything that life could have offered him at that moment. He could have stayed very comfortable but decided that for some reason, I it, the Bible doesn't go in, into any explanation on this, but I can't help but be, feel that Elisha knew. He just knew that something else was for him, that it wasn't going to be here with his parents in this house. He was going to go somewhere else. Whatever that was, he was just waiting on God, and he was waiting and waiting until one day some guy just throws a cloak on his shoulders and goes, follow me, and it's like, and then without his, he's, he's like, well, let me say goodbye. Doesn't go, well, who are you? He just goes, nope, I'm all right. I'm right mm-hmm. behind you. So it makes you kind of go, okay, legacy. It seems like if you look at all these characters that we've talked about, how did their legacy come about? And I keep coming to the same idea that what you've talked about, that selflessness. So realizing to be, being willing to not be comfortable, being willing to not uh 
be in safety. Again, this is within reason. The willingness to go, God, whatever. I'm willing to do whatever. It seemed mm-hmm. like you hear of all these stories like we're just we're in the tour horse for Joseph. It mm-hmm. seemed like he had a pretty bad card dealt to him if in today's standards. People would be like, wow, so you're like the number one dog in the family, and then you get sold to slavery. Man, that <laughs> must suck. But it turns it all around because God had different intentions. So he's like, you know what? Because most people won't just willingly go, all right, well, put me in slavery then if it means I'm going to have something better. No, but they don't know that. They had to just go along with it and go, okay, God. So life gave me lemons. How do I make lemonade? What do I got to do? Makes you realize that verse that talks about in all things, be joyful. Mm-hmm. Makes you think, if you look at all the people at Legacy, it seems like they embody that verse every time. And no, and no matter how bad it was, they kept going and they were able to continue moving forward in what God was telling them. So you mentioned that, Mike, a little bit earlier. And it seems to indicate that that's kind of where a legacy is built is this idea of knowing that you have to be selfless. Like you said, Dale, you have to be selfless. Mm-hmm. You have to be in order to acquire this thing and then being willing to go, God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Because I'm your son. I'm, I'm your son or daughter. So what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? I'm ready to work. Let me, mm-hmm. let me jump in. There. And going back to that. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, going back to the person's point that you mentioned that of like, I thought it was a selfish thing. Um, It's again, we're not doing it for us. Like we are trying to, we represent Yeshua. We represent the father Mm -hmm. and we want to give him a good name. We've talked about that before. And again, kind of like I mentioned earlier, if we give him a good name, then just as a byproduct, our legacy is built. Like it, it just kind of happens pretty naturally, I think. Yeah. So, so to, to David's point, um, the, the legacy, and I just wrote, you were, you were talking about Elijah and Elisha, the beautiful story and the, the typologies that are there and the things that happened. And, you know, in the end, Elisha ended up doing twice the miracles that Elijah did. I just read this morning of Yeshua walking along the, the shores of the Galilee, looking at Andrew and, and Peter and saying, follow me. Um, so their, their, their legacies were defined by what they were willing to give up. Okay. Like so that. herein is the, the, the verse, mm. uh, the words of Yeshua. If a man wants to find his life, he needs to lose his life. And so the more that we live for ourselves, the less legacy we will give, that we will pass on. The more that we live for others, the greater our legacy will be that we pass on. You know, a person that that is living <clears throat> for riches, <clears throat> um, you know, to make a name for themselves, to, to a big bank account and everything, uh, I heard about a, a person that uh, that died and, you know, very wealthy, very wealthy person. And and uh, they passed on and someone asked, how, how much did they leave behind? And the person said, all of it. Hmm. Think about that. So right. I, I guess this comes back. I'll turn it over to you, Ryan. I guess this comes back to asking ourselves the questions. The question, what are we living for? It's not about legacy. It's about leaving an imprint on people's lives, right? You know, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, just by being born, whether you ask for it or not, uh, you're going to leave an impact on this earth and the people around you. And it can either be one of a negative nature, mm-hmm. positive nature, of a shallow nature, or a deep nature. So I guess the the question really becomes to me is not is leaving a legacy selfish, but what kind of legacy are you leaving? Because you're going to leave something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you have to decide and, and shape your life based off of that for what that's worth. That's true. Yeah. Okay. How, how hard of a job are you going to make the officiator of your funeral have to work? 
are you gonna make him have to lie or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right yeah, how hard you got to make true. it work when when i would do every every yeah. every when i was pastoring every time i did a service uh a a funeral uh they knew what this the, what the message was going to be the next sunday okay i'd stand up in front of him and say guys live your life in such a way that i don't have to lie at your funeral <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Every decision that comes across your doorstep. Uh is this something? <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, and I love what you said, Ryan, just because it, it mm. um how there there is truly no neutral. Yep. The only I don't know how many times a neutral nature would be mentioned in the scripture, but the main one I think of is the, the one in relation of the, is it the Laodicea? That's you're either, either be hot or either be cold. Yeah. Like you're lukewarm and I want to spit you out. Yeah. And so this, this area of neutral in between is, it's not, it's not a good place. It's not, it's not a righteous thing to be, uh, kind of playing both sides or to be wishy-washy or to take Paul's words out of context and truly be all things to all people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, there has to be, there has to be a line and you have to be on one side of it or the other, because at least, at least if you're on the other side of that line, the wrong side of the line, at least, you know, that you're totally wrong. Like you don't have to question that. Or if you are trying to minister to someone, it's like, okay, they are clearly on the wrong side of the line at the moment that gives me something to start with mm-hmm. the the middle line it's you can't even where do you even start with that kind of thing yeah but you know trying to minister i think let me let me sum that one up for you daniel trying to minister to someone that's compromising out of your own compromise doesn't do anything yeah compromise doesn't doesn't minister to compromise in such a way that it brings forth righteousness Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say I hit, compromising will probably lead you lots of shallow friends. Yeah. <laughs> I want to head back to Ryan here on this one. You said smart enough to be born. So let, let me give you a new thought here that uh, every single person that is listening to us, every person that is drawing breath upon this earth today has been smart enough to be born, but may not be smart enough to do anything with the birth. Well said. Is that okay? Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how do we how do we go about intentionality in legacy? Okay. We we've already covered the subject of we, we need to get ourselves out of that. Uh if I'm trying to build a legacy for myself, it's probably gonna be one that's gonna be destroyed because pride comes before a fall. And so somewhere along the way, the father is going to intervene in that and trip up the legacy to expose my true motives for it. So we got to back ourselves out. Uh, In doing that, what are some things that we can do actively to engage in the process of leaving a life that is legacy worth legacy? Well, we've talked already before about this selflessness. That's I think that's the number one thing, especially as you're a part of the kingdom. There's a selflessness. You have to think less of yourself and do more for others. Mm-hmm. And But then where's your mark at? I think that that's something that a lot of, I think, young people find themselves. They've grown up in this. They've tried to figure out, and they're like, okay, what's next? Oh, I wish I was in Bible times. It feels like I could, I could have made a mark then because I would have stood for faith or I would have stood for this. And <clears throat> we don't realize that the the times have just changed. I think that you might've said it, or I'm not sure who it was. I think that the people we read about in the Bible are going to be desperate to find out from us and go, how did you do it? How did Mm -hmm. you get through it? How did you go through all that stuff? How did you make the right decision when all the pressure was on you to do this? Like, how did you do that? And I think that we don't realize that we have our own difficult things going on in this world that are going to bring our own challenges. However, if we understand where we do know where God's if we if we truly want to believe what we say every single 
set of this of our show here of God has promises for guys guys plans for you not for good uh of not for evil but for good excuse me oh lord <laughs> and if we truly want to believe <laughs> that yeah I know what a blooper right um if we truly embody that and truly want to believe that that's that's a destiny thing right there like that's a destiny that's a legacy that's all encapsulated right there plans for good well that's something to work on if you look at the patriarchs he says i will give you this land but abraham never saw the fruition of that yeah he never got to see the culmination so if you think of that you have that's a that's a that's a mark to aim towards and i think that it's amazing how a human beings, if we just have a mark to aim towards and start moving in that direction, a legacy kind of starts to follow us from just going towards a trajectory of of a destination. And if you don't, if you don't have a promise that God, like there's some people have supernatural promises on their birth and they have all this stuff, and that's a wonderful, wonderful testimony. But if some people don't, just look at that verse right there. That's that's your that's a legacy building right there. Sure. Promises for good. And go, okay, if he wants my good, then I need to walk in that and know that. What does that mean? Okay, it might mean that I have to be uncomfortable. And I don't have a cushy life. You might be living very comfortably and you're just like, I have no idea what's going on. What? Do I, how do I, what is my legacy? I think that there's some things you can do there to, there's opportunities that show up that you think, eh, it's not really a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's actually setting up mm-hmm. for legacy because we read about it in scripture all the time of people that they didn't want to be sold into slavery, but guess what? Turn it lemon, turn it into lemonade. Don't let it be lemons. <laughs> you know, I, I'm go- to go back to what you said earlier, Dad. Um, your, your legacy will will be defined by what you're willing to give up, and mm. the the story of Yeshua and the the person who came to him and said, "What do I need to do to you know get into the kingdom of God?" And he said, you know, love the Lord your God. And, you know, he quotes a couple big ones. And then uh, the guy says, well, I've done all that. And he says, okay, well, go sell everything you own. And the guy goes away unhappy because he was super rich. And so everybody now remembers that guy for what he was not willing to give up. Mm -hmm. And God will ask you to, God will ask you to give up the thing that is keeping you from him. He's not going to ask you to like, there's, there's this like stigma on, on, on money because of verses like that, but God's not going to ask you to give up money because it's evil. Like people use money for evil, but people use money for good. And so that's not, that that verse is not about money being evil. Mm -hmm. It was about Yeshua knowing what was keeping that man from God. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, what is keeping you from God? What are you not? And I could say, what are you willing to give up? But I'm going to say, what are you not willing to give up? Like, let's ask the question really honestly. What are you not willing yeah. to give up yeah. and start there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, yeah, rarely, rarely, or I, more like never does a legacy come from somebody saying, he lived such a comfortable life. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend what a legend. What a legend he was a legendary couch potato yeah i mean <laughs> maybe you could be known for that i don't know you know <laughs> but, uh, legends yeah. of mr milk toast yeah. right mm. <laughs> yeah, legends are always born out of adversity um and you know by the way i'm while I might be pointing the finger at some, or if it might feel like I'm pointing the finger at somebody out there. There's four of them pointing right back at me. Um, this is something I've struggled with lately. In fact, this topic of this evening, you know, I thought when it was first mentioned, I was like, Oh, well, this will be easy. I'll, I'll come into this. But <laughs> the, the more like even this week has gone on, I don't know that I necessarily feel qualified to even talk to you guys about leaving a legacy. You know what I mean? Mm. Because I had a day that if I could, as I'm sitting here in my fifth wheel that's being blown by the wind right now to the point I feel like it's about to get to tip over. Yeah. um, I'm wondering, did did I really want to to have the legacy of doing anything with music, or should I have taken all that you know money we use to go on tours and and record albums and stuff and put a down payment on a house that's not getting blown by the wind? 
Um, <laughs> so what is your legacy worth to you? I don't, y'all will have to decide that each and every one of us will. Um, well, let me jump off what you were saying. Cause I like to tie in what you were saying with what Dan was saying, that idea of security, where do you find your security in? You might realize it's a false sense of security and God is gently exposing that saying, Hey, you know, that's not where you're going to find your security at, whether it's comfort, whether it's money, like as a, you can look at that one, like you just brought up, like that was a great example that a guy that was uh, rich and it's like, well, how do I get closer to kingdom? It's like, sell everything you have. And now a lot of people misinterpret that and say money's bad, right? That I'm glad you clarified that. And, but it's like, no, you found your security and your wealth. Mm, that's not with me. Your security's in me. So guess what? You're going to have to learn without it. You're going to have to see without that security. Mm -hmm. It's not a perfect formula, but realize where you think you have security, God might very well be attacking that sense of security going mm -hmm. for your own benefit. It's for your own good. It's a promise for mm -hmm. good. But realizing, hey, that's going to hold you back in the long run. Yeah. And the lessons learned in the moment you might not see, but later on we'll realize, wow, what a massive, what a massive thing. And it matters because life does not, is not a, a level field of nothing. It's going to have, this is going to go up. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be like that. Where's your faith going to go? Is your faith going to diminish or yeah. not? Cause Ryan was talking about the, the trips we went on. <laughs> there were some trips where we were like, how are we getting back home? <laughs> what is going on? Oh, wow. <laughs> right. I mean, say we, we've been there. We, and it's not the funnest time, but guess what? There's some valuable lessons you learn from that because you really don't know how you're going to act unless you're there. Because a lot of people like to say, well, if I was in those times, I would have done such and such and such and such. Guess what? You have no idea. Yeah. You have yeah, no idea what yeah, you would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Don't give me that. No idea. Uh, so, Daniel, I'd like to go back to something you you alluded to there of uh, the, the the rich man who was told, you know, go sell everything. And this has been used by people to say that, you know, we should have a property mentality. Uh, I, I'm, I was reminded about a man, this is back before Walmart and uh, and Kmart and all this this kind of stuff that we have today. Actually, Kmart, we don't have any more either, but <laughs> Walmart and, and, you know, whatever, <laughs> big lot, okay? Uh, there was a man, uh, his name was uh, J.C. Penney, uh, that has been, you know, we we kind of we kind of uh, you know made ourselves look a little bit better by saying we're going to go to the fine French store to shop Jacques Pinet, uh, but we we'd go to, to <laughs> this was back in the days of Sears and and Pennies and Montgomery Wards and things, and uh, J C Penny became a very wealthy man, an extremely wealthy man, and he decided that uh, instead of giving ten percent and living on ninety, that he would adjust his lifestyle to live on 10% and give away 90. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, he was blessed to the point that there was no way he could spend that much money. Um, so th this kind of, this kind of segues back to something. I want to go back to you, David, you mentioned the verse that uh, we, we close most every program with um, the <laughs> a little bit, you know, the translation <laughs> is actually uh, that, uh, you know, I know the plans I have, for you says you have plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. So is the, is what we're kind of running around to here kind of boiling down to this, that the greater legacy that I live, that I leave in my life, the greatest, the greatest level of legacy that I can possibly give will be brought forth by me getting closer to my creator mm -hmm. because the closer Absolutely. I get to him, the more I will walk in the revelation of the purposes and plans that he has had for me, therefore fulfilling my calling, which will leave the greatest legacy that I am allowed and able to give. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, if you think about it, that's exactly what happened with Elisha and Elijah. If you think about that, 
it was his willingness to forget everything. I didn't even know that he did more exploits, essentially exploits, than Elijah did. And I guarantee he wasn't keeping track either. I guarantee he wasn't keeping track of everything he was doing. But let's look at both sides. We look at Elijah's legacy. I don't think, I'm pretty sure Elijah of all the uh, prophets, I'm pretty sure people would have feared Elijah more. Because I mean, that could that he could just be like, let fire come down from heaven and consume me if I'm not a prophet. Boom, it just happened. Like, come on, like that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Um, that that's where he was gifted to. That's what how far he was allowed to be at within that, mm-hmm. within his uh, duty on this earth to do. And then the next one to come after him did even more, but he didn't know that. He was just he knew that there was a purpose for him, and I think that that's where I think that a lot of, especially young people. And actually, you know, I think it's everyone. And I, I'll actually, so let me backtrack and actually say it's everyone. Because a lot of times we come into the faith, we understand like, oh, wow, it's not just the New Testament. We have the Old Testament. We have the whole thing. There's there's all this stuff that I never knew. My parents didn't teach me this. And my pastor didn't teach me this and all this stuff. And well, how dare they didn't teach me all the truth. And there's this, and that's actually getting in the way of where God's going, actually, no, this is for your own benefit now that you know to now persevere and move forward, to now clean up yourself, to do the to do all these things, be willing to be be willing to obey, and like what you said before of how much are you willing to give up? How are you willing to give up all these comforts that you have to be able to follow and serve me? We're not telling you to go destitute. We're not saying that on this program one bit, but recognize where your security might lie because you might realize that you have an opportunity. It just might require a little bit of sacrifice mm-hmm. in the grand scheme. It might feel like you're sacrificing the world, but realize that there's a there's a moment where God will come to you just like Elijah did with Elisha just showed up. But I I, sus- I suspect Elisha knew it was coming, and he prepared his heart for the moment when that happened that he would run yeah. for it, that he would go for it. Because a lot of times we, we have opportunity to show up to us, and we're like, yeah. And now I, I've just gotten grained in this job. I've just gotten established. I'm I'm ready to I'm 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 moving up the ladder. That I just, I just can't. I just I just can't. A lot of times that's what I hear a lot. Hmm. What if you're in this moment where you just you're and then they'll go back to their home group or church or complain? I just don't know what God wants me to do. Yeah. Take that as a maybe. Maybe that's what you're. Maybe that's something that be willing to. I'm hoping that by you hearing this. Maybe there's something that's happening for you soon. And mm-hmm. this is just that hope of just hold in a little longer because it's all going to reverse. It's all going to change go. in go. God's timing. Mm-hmm. Daniel, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, um, God wants to give us a name. He wants to separate us out as a, uh, a vessel of glory for himself. And, you don't really hear a lot of individual legacies from the the monks or or people who have like secluded themselves entirely from society to to be holier than thou um and so to go along with what you said dad of getting closer to your creator is is the most effective and the best way to do this along the path he's going to bring you to other people and because or if you're not connected with people, then it's actually impossible to leave a legacy because no one would know about you. No one would know you and any, nothing mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's connecting with him and he's going to bring you to the right people at the right time uh, to do all those things. And this is kind of unrelated, but I wanted to mention it because it's a it's a mind sh- mindset shift kind of thing of how we view people and how our legacy will will grow. Um, you have to shift your mindset of how you view people, and that counts for people who don't look so great on the outside, who have you know maybe modified their bodies in in many ways, or you know going back to the the uh, the wealth and the rich kind of people. I wanted to specifically because there's a really good example. Um, the verse about it's harder, easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I know there's the interpretations of like, you know, what the, the words meant and like the actual, the, the camel gate. Um, but set that to the side for now. 
my business partner, this is one of one of my the favorite things he's ever said. When he first read that after getting saved, when he read it is easier for the for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven, his first thought was God send me to the rich man. Hmm. And how much better of a view is that than oh i guess rich people can't get into the kingdom of heaven then you know like <laughs> which one of those like put the fire under your butt like when he said that i was like i've thought about that so many times since then because it is a mindset shift it is viewing things differently through the eyes of god not from a material point of view yeah. being the word as a book of life versus the versus the law like seeing is the yeah. book of life that's mm, yeah. awesome i've never heard that reaction that is awesome and what's interesting is that uh is jonathan and david are being daniel or yeah jonathan and daniel are, are in that <laughs> are in that place today that's cool yeah, yeah we amazing. are right mm-hmm that, that's really i i love when you are able to take scripture and l- sort of look at it from a different uh like what what's the word an inverse perspective mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. uh i heard a humorous one not from necessarily scripture but uh in this season we're in the one of the common like carols you hear talks about you know a child that's tender and mild you know which by mm-hmm. by equation means that somewhere out there is a hard and spicy child <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. um, I'll little, leave that little, alone. Yeah, little, little humor there. <laughs> <Little. laughs> no. Um, no, the um, we call this the show "Life on Purpose." So, would not the ultimate um, legacy? be that of one who fulfills their purpose yeah yeah Yeah. that's true and honestly the first thing that came to my mind was elon musk (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) because you know he's got all these spacex rocket launches and um you know we oh i think i think this is going to be good so we would look at a rocket that goes up, flies perfectly, comes back down as he's wanting, as that rocket fulfilled its purpose. And we would see that as a good thing. But he, he doesn't even want it to land. He doesn't even need it to land sometimes. Like there'll be those rockets that go up and they come down, they explode. And he's like, yeah, that was great. That was fantastic. That totally completed its purpose because he wasn't looking for it to do that thing yet he was looking at it to do a specific thing test a specific piece or a part or or just a part of that rocket and so i I don't know that's just what came to my mind of like fulfilling a purpose and it being not necessarily how we would think it's supposed to work interesting enough that the the two uh the two richest men in the world right now two of the richest men uh, musk and bezos are both trying to get people off the planet yeah yeah i mean that's kind of a strange thought uh hey we yep. got to get to the israel uh little israel update here in just a moment but uh david i want to go back to you that uh, uh you're you're exactly right with uh, with elijah and elisha uh, one of these days i'll do that message with you around that oh. elisha knew exactly what was happening to him when that outer mantle was placed upon him and the prophecy was that uh, that Elisha would do twice the miracles that Elijah did. Mm-hmm. Now, if we look in the scripture, I, I I didn't look it up. I think it was seven miracles. I don't please don't quote me, but let's let's run with that. There was seven miracles. Well, when Elisha died, he had only done thirteen. So, of course, some of the mental midget prophets of the day were saying that he probably sinned in his later years of life or did something wrong, but uh, he was buried in a cave. He was put into a cave. His bones were, and in a time of battle, uh, a soldier fell in battle, and it was thrown into that cave, and when that soldier touched the bones of Elisha, he came back to life. 
thus fulfilling the double portion of uh, of Elijah of Elijah. How about mm-hmm. that? That's yeah. good. How about that? That's amazing story. Amazing story. Oh. Uh, we we've committed to a few moments regarding what's going in Israel. Um, let me let me start uh, right now. There's over 130 soldiers that have uh, have died in battle right now. Uh, there's about 129 hostages. We're not sure of the numbers right there because there are some that have already been killed. Uh, there was a, a tragedy that um, that grieves me all weekend, and only my wife really knows the level that, that uh, three hostages were able to escape. And um, when they came out, they had their shirts off to make sure, you know, to, to, because there have been numerous uh, suicide uh, terrorists, suicide bomber type terrorists. Uh, one of them was waving a, a white flag. They're speaking Hebrew. But even with that, in the uh, in the, the 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 emotions and and uh, testosterone and and uh, adrenaline, I guess would be the better word there of battle. All three of them were killed by friendly fire, and. Um, I grieved this weekend over the fact that those soldiers that um, they're guilty of pulling the trigger and did so wrongly, uh, not going by the the protocol, uh, their lives are over today. They will carry that the rest of their lives. What a legacy that, yeah, that's a legacy you don't want. Uh, the mm-hmm. things that are going on in Israel today are horrendous. They're they're booby trapping uh, buildings, putting dolls around the front of doors, and and recorded uh, re- recordings of babies crying in order to to lure IDF soldiers in, and then that uh, that that building goes up. Uh, it's horrendous what's going on over there. So uh, that's a little bit of my my uh, update you guys got anything just specific you want to add here um i know that i've been hearing stuff with uh i think there were supposed to be some sort of meeting with peace talks like every other time a conflict happens uh peace talk thing starts to get going how to release hostages how to do all this stuff and um of course they're meeting in some other nation it's probably un sanctioned or whatever else it is um to try to get and all you hear from the news and see that's stuff that you just don't hear about unless you know the right places to go to all you hear about is the displaced gazans the displaced gazans the displaced gazans that's all it's all i see on mainstream it's just all i see and you don't hear about all the other stuff that's going on behind the scenes which again not to be cruel towards people that are in that country that are all this stuff but to not disassociate and realize it's a totally different world well, we talked about people legacy-wise that are like at the top, right? We were just talking about some of the ultra-wealthy that we were just talking about. We also have to realize that in certain parts of the world that they are not like the way how you live and how you do things. They're think. not the same way. They yeah. don't think the same way. And we deal with clients a lot of times where there's some things we just don't connect on, and it's just usually how they spend money. But when it comes to there, it's how they live and all this stuff. And it's it's there's a crisis, absolutely. But it's a way deeper crisis than just – civilians being displaced because we have the Gazans are being displaced from this whole thing but what about the israelis what like look at that story what's happening there they had to evacuate cities towns they had to get them out so that they could be safe from the rocket fire so they're yeah. not within distance of dying yeah i think that the mainstream we've we've always known the mainstream media was going to have a certain agenda to accomplish don't always trust what they say. Don't always trust what's going on there. Realize that, yeah, guess what? They're having, trying to have a peace talk again. Huh? Yeah. Who who thought that was going to come? Yeah, we all knew that was coming. It's but not guess what? Right now. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And even when it does happen, and that there's some headway made, whatever that is, guess what? Another time it's going to happen again. We just now where we're at now is, I think that after, since October seventh, that can't happen again. That, no, that just can't. They got to continue. That's got to be the. That's got to be the end of that whole story between conflict. That this cannot be another conflict that happens another seven years down mm-hmm. the road. This can't be. No, no, no. That's that's not going to happen. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's where I hope that's where the leadership in Israel is as well. 
because they, that can't happen again. That's where the part of the Daniel Ryan, you want to add anything? Uh, I wanted to. Uh, I saw a uh, video on this recently, so I wanted to kind of address this uh, for those who are listening who may not know or who may be hearing certain things from the media uh, or from those who would be pro uh, Hamas or pro Palestine. Um, the common narrative that we hear is that Palestine or the Palestinian nation has been driven to this because of Israel's aggression. So if we actually study history and we go back to about 1780 when America is barely America, both British and American merchant ships, peaceful merchants, sailing along the coast of Tripoli are being boarded and their sailors being taken hostage, the women raped and the children put into slavery. And when Thomas Jefferson approached, and I forget who it was at the time, basically the, the king of that region, and he asked, what gives you the right to do this, to enslave these people and treat them this way? He said, it is perfectly acceptable for us to do this because the Quran allows us to. Hmm. This is a religion and a doctrine that is built and founded upon evil from its very inception. And our history bears that out. So do not be fooled by the media or all these outlets saying that it is because of Israel's existence that these people are behaving the way that they are. They behaved that way long before Israel was reestablished as a nation. Mindset, true. Good so. word. Good word. Mm -hmm. Good word. Daniel? And to back that up, um, I'm about to mention a person who I do not agree with in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I do not think he's a good person uh, or anything like that, but he's a very popular cultural person. His name is Andrew Tate, and he was an atheist gone uh, Muslim. And to back up what you're saying, he has said in, in, in the recent past that ISIS are the real Muslims because they do, or the real, yeah, the real deal because they do what the book says. That's a person in a modern time, a younger guy who is saying the quiet part out loud. You know, it's so it, it's unavoidable. So, yeah, definitely a good word. Um, I would encourage everyone to listen to the Israel update that dad and Hanok do. Um, he's a Hanok is a very unique individual in that he's been a Zionist basically since he came out of the womb. I mean, just his entire life has really been devoted to Israel in a way that I can't even really understand. I don't think someone's devotion that deep to to king and country, essentially. Um, and so it's it's a blessing. It's very difficult to listen to him sometimes because because he feels so deeply for everything that's happening, but. Um, it, it's definitely a very good perspective that he's bringing a very emotional raw perspective and I would encourage everyone to not only let yourself feel but make yourself feel as I was mentioning earlier there is no there is no righteousness to being neutral there is like Ryan was saying there is good and there is evil and you need to understand that there is evil. You need to understand that there is good. And one of the ways to do that is to allow to make yourself feel for the things that are happening right now, things that are being done in the name of evil. Um, but yeah, watch that Israel update. It's it's a blessing. Thank you. Last couple of weeks, we've nicknamed it Two Men Crying. Uh <laughs> Yeah, the we've just kind of let our emotions go on those programs and um, the things that are happening there to people. Uh, it's, you know, yeah, 6,000, 7,000 miles away from, from where we are right now. But um, uh, it's it's as close as, as my door uh, to me and to Hanok, uh, who is right there in the midst of it. When you see yeah. a the, the picture of a shrapnel, of shrapnel in the playground, the, the playground of a kindergarten, a children's kindergarten um, in Jerusalem. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
it's it's gonna be interesting to <laughs> interesting is not a good word uh watching this and what's going to be happening uh it, it it is not just going to be there folks uh so if you don't get engaged now uh, don't be surprised when it happens and um, all of a sudden it's at your doorstep and you didn't do anything you didn't do anything to help there and then you start crying out for god to help you here and maybe you hear a deaf ear um just just saying engage in this world today engage in a legacy that you will that will continue uh way past the time of uh of you ceasing to exist as a person and the best way to do that is to look unto him because you, know, you never know uh he may have plans for you for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope and let me just add a legacy all right guys Talk to you next week. Amen. See y'all next See week. See you next time. You alone hear my every prayer. You're the God who's always.